Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes in defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 15 is entitled, The War in Heaven, Part 2. In Part 1, we discuss the following questions. Where was Christ during the war in heaven? Why didn't Christ lead the battle? Who was Michael? Who were the angels that followed him? Who was Lucifer? Who were the angels that followed him? In this podcast, we shall address the questions. Where was the battle fought? Why was the battle fought? How was the battle fought? How was the battle won? We are taught in the book of Revelation that... And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Revelation twelve seven through 9 John doesn't give us a lot of details about the battle. We learn that Satan led the offense, and Michael led the defense. We know that Satan and his angels lost, and Michael and his angels won. We also learn that Satan and his angels were cast out of heaven. In a previous verse, we are given a few more facts. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to earth. Revelation 12.4 It is clear that the war in heaven involved all the children of God. They either fought on the side of Michael or fought on the side of Lucifer. We also learned that a third part of the stars of heaven followed Lucifer, and they were all cast out of heaven with him. The question is, who were the stars in heaven? We learned the answer in Job. When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Job 38, 7. The stars of heaven refers to the sons and daughters of God. Since we are all his children, we were those morning stars. We were all brothers and sisters in heaven. A third part followed Lucifer, which leaves two-thirds part to follow Michael. Lucifer and his third part were cast out. Lucifer was a child of God, once in high favor. Isaiah tells us, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mound of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms? that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of the prisoners. All the kings of the nations, even all of them, lie in glory, every one in his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch, and as the remnant of those that are slain, thrust through with the sword, that go down to the stones of the pit as a carcass trodden under feet. Thou shalt not be joined with them in burial, because thou hast destroyed thy land and slain thy people. The seed of evildoers shall never be renowned.
Isaiah 14, 12-20 Lucifer is referred to as a son of the morning. His name means the shining one or the light bringer. That gives us a clue. Lucifer was merely a son of the morning. Christ, on the other hand, was referred to as the bright and morning star. The morning star, of course, is the brightest star in the sky. Lucifer was jealous of Christ. Lucifer wanted to replace Christ. He aspired to ascend into heaven, to exalt his throne above the stars of God. But Lucifer especially wanted to exalt his throne above Jesus Christ, the bright and morning star. And of course, that is what the following means. To sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, to ascend above the heights of the clouds, to be like the Most High. Pride is often associated with Satan. The common phrase, pride comes before the fall, is derived from the fact that Satan was a fallen angel and was cast out of heaven because of pride. Lucifer loses his high title as light bearer and is no longer called Lucifer, which appears only once in the Bible, and that is in the Old Testament. On earth, he is given derogatory names. In the New Testament, John records, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Revelation 12, 9. His new titles are dragon, old serpent, the devil, and Satan. Rather than the light bearer, he becomes known as the prince of darkness. And what does Satan do when he is cast to earth? John also recorded, And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Revelation twelve seventeen. The woman refers to the church established by Christ. Satan and his fallen angels simply continue the war on earth that they started in heaven. Christ, his omniscient, knew beforehand of Lucifer's intent. That is why he appointed Michael to lead the army against Lucifer. Lucifer never was equal with Christ, but he was obviously a very important angel. From the titles of Michael, we can assume that Michael was also a very important angel. It was fitting that Michael lead the army against Lucifer. And it is no coincidence, as stated in the last podcast, that Michael will return to earth and lead the final battle against Satan. The only way that we can have agency is if we are not standing in the full presence of God. Who would dare fight Christ in all of his power and glory? Not even Lucifer could do that. Lucifer obviously thought he could beat Michael and the army of Michael. Somehow he must have convinced himself that if he could defeat the children of God, he could replace God, that he could become like the Most High. We must address the question of how the battle was fought. Remember that the war in heaven occurred before we came to earth. We were all immortal spirits. There was no death. It could not have been fought with traditional weapons of war. John the Revelator explains exactly how it was fought. Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, 
because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Revelation twelve ten through 12 In the words of John, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. The war in heaven was fought in the same way, through testimony of the blood of the Lamb. Obviously, as children of God, standing in the presence of God, faith was not required. It would have been pure knowledge. It was not faith that separated Lucifer and his angels from God. It was loyalty. The angels of Lucifer were loyal to Lucifer, who must have looked like a god. They knew Christ was King of kings and Lord of lords, but their desire for power blinded their judgment. It was a desire for power. They thought if their numbers were large enough, they could overpower Christ and take his kingdom and become gods like Christ. That is why they all became sons of perdition. One can only become a son of perdition by defying God when one has a perfect knowledge of God. Those who supported Christ followed Michael. Those who supported Lucifer followed Lucifer. Christ stayed in the background so they could have the agency to make their own choice. Even Lucifer had to know that he could not beat Christ face to face, but he thought he could beat Michael. And if he could beat Michael, he could get all the children of God to follow him. Hindsight makes him look rather stupid. But under the circumstances, away from the throne of God, it must have seemed quite plausible. After all, a third part of heaven agreed with him. We can only assume that the battle was fought far away from the throne of God. Also, we must keep in mind that there were no atheists in heaven. Lucifer and his angels became sons of perdition, not because they didn't believe in God, but because they wanted to overthrow God and usurp his power. Satan is directly attacking Christ's power. All the angels who followed Lucifer became sons of perdition because they willfully defied God, knowing of his power and his authority. That is why sons of perdition can never be redeemed. On earth, of course, a veil is drawn over our minds and we do not remember our premortal existence. A different kind of faith is required on earth. In heaven, we walk in the light of Christ. On earth, we walk in the dark. That is why faith is required. But before coming to earth, we did live with God as his children. In Jeremiah, we read, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou comest from out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Jeremiah 1, 4-5 Christ allowed the war in heaven to see who would stand for him and who would stand against him. Christ remained aloof so that we could have the agency to choose. In heaven, Lucifer was an angel of light. On earth, though prince of darkness, he can appear as an angel of light. How is it then that in heaven as angels some would deny Christ? Let us not forget that they did not deny the existence of Christ. They knew who Christ was, but they wanted to overthrow him and usurp his power. They were the first antichrist. They were the first sons of perdition. Perdition originally meant lost, and on earth they are antichrist, and it is their goal to convince mortal man that Christ does not exist, when they know he does. Remember the scriptures read earlier where the demons knew Christ by sight? They had no veil over their minds. Also the scriptures say, Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. James 2:19 Remember the goal of Lucifer as stated earlier 
to sit upon the mound of the congregation in the sides of the north, to ascend above the heights of the clouds, to be like the Most High. Somehow, when they were away from the throne of Christ, Lucifer, who must have been a very powerful angel like unto a god, was able to convince them that they could overthrow Christ. After all, it was Michael who was leading the armies. And, as impressive as Michael was, Lucifer was more impressive. Christ allowed it to give us agency and to let us decide for ourselves whether we would follow Michael or follow Lucifer, who became Antichrist. It is the same on earth. There is an intriguing scripture in Jude that refers to this event. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. Jude 1, 6-9 We learn several things from Jude. Number one, that Lucifer was a very powerful angel, so powerful, in fact, that Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, durst not bring against him railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. In other words, Michael, one of the highest and most powerful angels in heaven, could not of himself rebuke the devil. Lucifer was more powerful even than Michael. Without their faith in Christ, Michael and all those who followed him could not have beaten Lucifer in the war in heaven. It is the same on earth. Without faith in Christ on earth, we cannot overcome the power of Satan. We too must rely upon the power of Christ. The Lord rebuke thee, Michael said. Number two, if heaven is referred to as the first estate, then it follows that earth is our second estate. Estate refers to a place of habitation. The angels which kept not their first estate refers to Lucifer, a son of the morning, and the third part of the host of heaven who followed him. Leaving their habitation means they were cast out of their first estate or their home in heaven. Christ said he saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Earth, then, is the second estate. Because Lucifer and his angels did not keep their first estate, they were denied a physical body. They came to earth as spirits. There was no veil drawn over their minds. They vividly remember the war in heaven. They are fighting the same war on earth. Those who kept their first estate also came to earth, but they were rewarded with a physical body. In other words, all those born on this earth are children of Adam and Eve. All of us who have a physical body fought against Lucifer and his angels in heaven and followed Michael in the war against Lucifer. That is how we earn the right to come to earth. Having a physical body added another dimension to agency. It became a kind of war between the natural man and the spiritual man. On earth, we are at war with ourselves, and we are at war with Satan and his angels. This is our second estate. By keeping our first estate, we earn the right to come to earth to gain a physical body. 
If we keep our second estate, meaning if we obey the commandments of God on earth and follow Christ, in the book of Revelation, Christ promises, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Revelation 21.7 Those who do not keep their second estate, however, will have to suffer the pains of hell and will not be able to live with Christ. In the book of Revelation, Christ continues, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Revelation 21.8 The language of Holy Scriptures is very precise. Notice that although the lake of fire and brimstone is referred to as the second death, where Satan and all the other sons of perdition will spend eternity, the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall only have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. They are not sons of perdition. Therefore, after they have paid the uttermost farthing for their sins, after they have served their full sentence and satisfied the law of justice referred to by John the Revelator as their part, which happens to all those who refuse to call upon Christ. When they have paid their part, however, Christ, who has the keys of death and hell, will let them out where they will be judged for their work. To get the full story, we must consider all of the book of Revelation and not just pick a scripture here and there. John informs us, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Revelation twenty twelve through 15 Small and great does not refer to age, sex, or size. It refers to degrees of light and glory. Small refers to those who do not have much light and glory because their works did not merit it. When they are released from hell, they will not inherit the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, which is compared to the glory of the sun. But after paying fully for their sins, they will inherit a lesser kingdom of glory according to the laws they lived, compared to the glory of the stars as spoken of by Paul in 1 Corinthians 15. The war against Lucifer and his angels began in heaven because even in heaven as angels we were given our agency. The same battle is raging on earth today. Lucifer, now known as Satan, is the father of lies. John tells us, Why do you not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of the father of the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. John eight forty three through 44 Christ also remains invisible here, 
but he has given us the Holy Ghost. The same tactics are used by Satan on earth as were used by Lucifer in heaven. It is through his cunning and lying that he deceives mankind. Christ is more powerful than Satan, but Satan, who is more powerful than Michael the archangel, is also far more powerful than we are. Just as in heaven, so it is on earth. It is only by the blood of the Lamb and our testimony of Christ that we can defeat Satan and his angels. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.